We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Hi, I'm Hannah Brown, and welcome to Better Tomorrow. My absolute favorite thing to do is have a heart-to-heart talk with my new friends and my best friends, where we sit down and talk about all the things like relationships and love, faith, and self-care. And of course, the little things as well, like the struggle to figure out what to eat tonight. All in all, I really want to ask, how am I better today than yesterday, and bring artists, entrepreneurs, and friends along on the journey. So join me on the journey, will you? Wells Adams, thank you so much for joining Better Tomorrow today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. You know, I was like researching a little bit more about you and it makes so much sense. Like your voice is so great and (laughs) it's a perfect radio voice. I did not know that that was your job before. Well, kind of still is, I guess. I feel like podcasting is kind of like radio, but but that's... Yeah, that that's that was your thing, and that you were in Nashville. I don't know if you know, but I I moved to Nashville. Do you? Where do you um, live? I live in Wedgwood, Houston. Okay. So I I moved about, gosh, like seven months ago, and I love it. Yeah. How did you so, enjoy your time? I loved it. Uh, I still own houses in Nashville, but okay. I was I was over on the east side. I was a I was a true blue hipster. Uh, I'm now obsessed. like the east side's like. I feel like not what it used to be. No, but. it's cool though. I think yeah. I love East Nashville. Um, they have some like good spots to oh, eat yeah. and just like hang out. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I had my, I had my first radio show when I was in high school. Um, and then I went to Ole Miss actually, cause you were, were you Alabama? Or? I was Alabama and I yeah. almost went to Ole Miss. Yeah, How yeah, did yeah. you end up at Ole Miss? 
So I'm the youngest of five kids, and we grew up in Monterey or Carmel, California, which is like a very affluent, privileged area. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a doctor, like, um, and he was just like, the rest of the world is not like this place. Everyone needs to leave. So he had a rule that we all had to leave the state for college. And like my sisters went to Vanderbilt. My brother went to school in Dallas. Another brother school went in uh, Kansas. And so I was like, I'll go um, to the South because that's kind of where everyone was going towards. And um, I knew I wanted to do broadcast journalism. And so I looked kind of everywhere in the SEC. It was like Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, um, College of Charleston. And and then I went to an Ole Miss football game. And I was like, oh, this is... This is very good. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, eighteen-year-old single kid was like this. A lot of pretty girls here, mm-hmm. and they also have like a really good um, journalism department. And they so, do. yeah, so I I did that, and I I like I wrote for the Daily Mississippian. I had my own. I was like the the weather guy, the news guy on um, on Newswatch. Uh, we created our own magazine TV show um, called Southern Exposure that I uh, hosted and starred in, and then uh, I was. The radio host at Rebel Radio, ninety-two. What was it? 92.1, New Sound Rebel Radio. So I did that, <laughs> and then when I graduated, uh, well, I had I had a media sales class, and our teacher was going over what you could make out of college. Yeah. And so he was like, "Yeah, if you go work, because I was like, should I should I go do TV or should I go do radio? Because I could do both. Um, I didn't want to do print because I was like, I think this is gonna die." which I think I was right about. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, at a college uh, at TV, $24,000. Uh, at a college at a radio station, maybe about $30,000. And I was like, ooh, that $6,000 is really going to push me over the edge. So I went to Nashville. This is like how stupid I, this is, you know, 22-year-old idiot. I went to Nashville, one, because I had a sister still there because she went to Vanderbilt. Um, my thought was, well, I'll go do radio where they make music. And I'll go do like a country format and it'll be totally fine. Um, so I went there. I interviewed at like this really small, really cool indie radio station called Lightning 100. And I like worked there and actually kind of like to come full circle, I was doing what's called board hopping. So I would like do the overnights or like when people would, would go like to Bob's Use Car Lot, I would like make sure the levels are right and making sure we were broadcasting correctly. So I was part-time. And so I was also waiting tables and bartending to like make ends meet in the beginning of like my radio career. I used to do this bit on my morning show where I'd go on like bad auditions or I'd go on auditions for things that I would like intentionally not get them for the bit. Like, so I'd go over my lines with my co-host and it'd be like a meow mix commercial. I'd be so excited about it. And like my, <laughs> the, the line was like meow mix, meow mix, we deliver. And then I would go and I'd film the whole thing and I'd intentionally be bad. Uh, so then the next day I could be like inconsolable and like my, my co-host couldn't believe that I couldn't remember the line or whatnot. And then for some reason I decided to go on a bachelor audition and I did this whole thing. Like I did the whole bit where I was like bad and didn't get care. And of course they cast me like th- that They're day. Like, That's exactly what we this want. This is what we actually. need. This guy seems unhinged and like an idiot. And, uh, and that's how this all started. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, Sorry, that I'm was just, a lot. I know. No, I know it was a lot, but I'm like so impressed by your like work ethic. And it was funny. Um, 
Adam, my fiance lived here in Nashville, like kind of around that time. And he was like, yeah, like Wells was the radio guy. He was everywhere. Like he yeah. remembers how much you were, you know, on air and it's kind of crazy to think how much you were working like right out of college. I didn't know what I wanted to do after college, much less like have multiple jobs. I mean, obviously going on the bachelor, like changes the trajectory for, I know for both of us and for, for a lot of people, but what was the goal before that in radio? Like, what did you see yourself doing? Yeah, I wanted to be syndicated. Uh, okay. it was, a, that was, and that was, if I was ever like the wrong reasons guy, if there ever was one, it was definitely me. Like, luckily I went on the show with Jordan Rogers who had like an ESPN deal. So like yeah. everyone's kind of focused on that, not like the radio guy. Um, but that was what I really wanted. And I ended up leaving lightning 100, uh, because I knew me getting syndicated from that station was a, was almost an impossibility. It was an independent radio station. There was no affiliation with other stations to, to be able to send out like my show. And so that was my thought of going to iHeart. I was like, well, cause I really was like, I want to be Seacrest. Like that was, yeah. I, I want to have, I want to be in every market and I just want to do a morning show. Um, and it was funny because, um, when I went, when I went on the show, I went pretty far, but like I knew Jojo didn't, I wasn't her type. And that's, mm -hmm. was, I kind of knew that. And I think that I was kept around because I was good at in the ITM chair of like, just kind of telling the story. That, yeah. That's how I like. Like, Did you notice that you were always the voice? Like I always noticed that it was either like me and like, I think maybe Demi, we were the voice that, that yeah. carried the show. Were you that person? Like, did you notice it was like, I'm the person every time that's telling what we're doing today. <laughs> yeah, I was in the interview a yeah. lot. I remember, yeah. but I loved it. I was like, yeah, I I'll loved tell it story. too. Yeah. But yeah. So I remember going, uh, leaving the show and I was very, I still am very proud of like what I had accomplished at that time in my career. Mm -hmm. And they really wanted me to go on paradise. Um, because you know, I think a lot, there were girls on that were going on paradise that really wanted me to be there. And I was like, guys, I'm good. I really happy. I had an enjoyable time, but like, I want to get back to like my job. I want to, I'm still like going to kick this can down the road and see if I can get my show syndicated. Like I want to do this. And, uh, they eventually like talked me into the whole, uh, going back on the show. Um, but yeah, I had no like kind of ambitions of like continuing on in this reality world. And now like fast forward, whatever it is, eight years, six years, seven years later, I've been on more episodes of any bachelor show than anyone save Chris Harrison. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of crazy. When you went on the show was there I know you kind of mentioned this about maybe being on there like for the right reasons who's to say but did you ever fear like going on the show like right after would hurt your career or did you believe you know after your time you had a good time I think you know if you're not going to have like a terrible edit did you think oh this is going to help and that's why you were like I just want to get right back into doing what my ultimate goal is, is getting that syndicated show. Or was there ever a moment you were like, mm, this might have not been a good decision? Listen, you are really exposing yourself when you go on a show like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, I was so much more prepared than anybody else because I had been, like I said, had my own radio show since I was 16 years old. I went on when I was 31, right? So like almost half of my life, I had lived with the knowledge of self-editing myself when the mic was hot, right? So I was very, I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to say anything stupid, Um I knew I was going to be able to like represent myself well. Now, if you can edit me into some crazy thing, that's one thing. And that's something a lot of people are scared about. I don't really believe after doing the show for as long as I have, I don't really believe that you can edit someone into something that they're not. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hard to like make it. Yes, of course, you can make it seem like they got up when someone came in the room or whatever, but like really showing who someone is, is really hard to uh, manipulate and change. And I think what ends up happening, I would, like I said, I was 31 when I won the show. I was a full-fledged adult. Like I was very comfortable in my skin. I knew exactly who I was and I, and I knew who I wasn't. Um, and I think one of the things that happens on that show, especially when people say like, I got a bad edit, that's really them saying, I don't really know who I am, um, and the person that I'm seeing is not who I think I am, but the truth is that's probably pretty close to who you are. Yes, of course, it's it's heightened and it's exaggerated a little bit. And the one piece of advice that I give everybody, because a lot of people will hit me up like in the streets, like they'll see me and they're like, hey, my son or my daughter wants to go on this show. And I'll say, I'll, my big piece of advice to you is make sure they really know who they are. Mm, yeah. If you don't know who you are, then you're going to do this thing, which is I'm going to try to portray the thing that I think I'm supposed to be. And then that just comes across as super inauthentic. And the American public of whom loves reality TV shows can see right through that. And that inauthenticity comes across as bad um, to them. And then they're just like, this person's full of shit. Where if you just like know who you are and you're just kind of strong and in, in, in like I think you were a very good example of that. Like you had a lot of these moments, especially when you were the Bachelorette, of like this is who I am. I'm very comfortable in it. Now some of the choices that I'm making could be construed one way or the other. Yeah. But the American public was like, good for her. She knows who she is. She knows what her worth is, and it comes across as really good. So, yeah, I was never super concerned. Now were my bosses absolutely was yeah. I heart absolutely. Um, but I, after the first season of coming back, I was like, you guys have nothing to worry about. Like my storyline is like, I don't kiss the girl for like eight weeks, you know, like it's not a big mm -hmm. deal and everyone's going to like me. Um, and then this, you know, the second season I went on was good. And then, and then all of a sudden I was the bartender and then, then yeah. everything changed. Yeah. I totally agree with, um, your advice that you give to people. People ask me a lot too, like, would you do it? And I'm like, I enjoyed it. I think you have to be very aware of like where you are in life. Are you in a place where you really can handle this? I think for me also, you made a great point of you were 30, you said 31, 32 mm -hmm. doing these shows. I was 24. And I think what made, I think I was very authentic of knowing I don't fully I'm still discovering who I am, but I'm just going to be able, I'm just going to do this in front of everyone, I guess, instead of editing that part of, like you said, just trying to think of, okay, what do I want to be and how do I create this? Because people are not idiots and can yeah. see that and can feel that. But I want to kind of go back to Bachelor 
in paradise and going on there, your experience and also bachelor, like what did you learn about love through those experiences? Um, and also like what insecurities did it bring out that you realized, you know, maybe made it difficult in your past relationships to work out that you could bring, you know, moving forward into your relationships? Yeah, it's interesting when I went on the show and I'm sure, I'm sure you can attest to this as well, but a lot of what the show is, is like intensive therapy because mm -hmm. you're, you're really, yes, you are telling the story of like what's going on, um, around you and you know, the other people that are dating, but a lot of it is you talking about your feelings and like really kind of, and I'd never been, you know, therapized before. And I always felt like I was, I, I knew kind of like where my, how my heart felt and like how that, how I was able to respond to how my heart was feeling and going on that show. I remember it taught me how to like really talk about and be comfortable with my feelings about things. Mm -hmm. um, now, like I knew that probably Jojo and I weren't going to probably get engaged, but I was got, I got really good at like talking about love and talking about what I wanted and talking about what I needed um, in a relationship and in a, you know, potential partner and fiance and stuff. And I remember going back, coming home and like, I was still like friendly with like my, with like an ex. And so they were like, you know, tell me what, what went on. And I was like, you know, I, I really learned a lot about, um, about myself and I learned, and then, then I was like, and I, and I knew what I needed from a partner and I realized that also the people that I was dating obviously probably also needed that too. And I wasn't uh, someone that was giving that. And so it, it, I learned that relationships are so much more reciprocal than I thought they were, I think, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. No, it totally um, does. And yeah, I, I became much more honest with my feelings with my partner, which is something that I had like buried down. You know, I think that comes from like, I, I come from a time and like the way that my dad raised us was like, you don't talk about your feelings, you know, like be a man, all that kind of stuff. But the other thing that I learned, and I think is um, the, the, the one of the things that's been the most valuable in my life is when I became the bartender. Um, I mean, yes, I make everyone drinks, but really my job there is to listen to everybody and then give them advice, right? Like I, I have, I went from being therapized to the, them being the therapist, right? Um, and this is something, and I, I tell this story a lot on like podcasts I go on, especially if you have a bunch of male listeners, it's a very, very important thing to learn that I learned from doing this show. There are two things, there are generally two things someone needs from you when you are listening to their problems. And it's either they want you to figure out the problem and figure out a solution for said problem, or they want you to just listen, shut up, and agree with them and live in the moment of their anger or their stress or their sadness um, and comfort them in that thing. And I've found with my wife, um, nine times out of 10, when men are having to deal with women, um, it's the latter, not the former. And it's really hard for men because I think men are very much pre-programmed to 
problem solution. It's very simple for us. Like, okay, this is broken. I need to fix it now. How do you fix it? And women are so much more emotionally evolved that that's not really the issue. Fixing it really isn't the issue. It's knowing that someone understands the problem um, is what brings them comfort. And so that was something that I learned pretty early on. And so as I've done the show as the bartender, I will sit back, I'll listen to someone's problem, I'll like take stock of the room, figure out what I think that person needs and then do that thing. And nine times out of 10 with women, it's me being like, I can't believe it. She took him on a date. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I would be so angry. And then for guys, sometimes it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. And you probably should go apologize right now. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've learned that and it's made my life so much easier. <laughs> Here's my thoughts when people ask me about the shows that I mm -hmm. think makes it hard, but I want to know your thoughts is, are you setting yourself up to develop a successful relationship while you're trying to date multiple people at once? Well, I think your experience and everyone that comes on my show's experience are vastly different. You know, you're yeah. dating 25 people, right? So mm -hmm. it is it's comically uh, oversaturation of yeah. like, uh, and, and overstimuli. Whereas like Paradise, and why I think that Paradise has been, you know, more successful in mm -hmm. terms of what, what the mission statement is, which is to get people engaged and get people married and have kids, which there are now like a ton of really good examples uh, of that. Um, I... With Paradise, it's just a, it's just maybe two or three people max that you're dating. And I think to answer their question, it's it's tough, I think, to do that. Like it is really, really tough to like find a meaningful relationship with one person while other people are coming at you or like you have feelings for multiple people and stuff. Um, but I do think it teaches you how to figure out exactly what it is that you want in a partner. Today is about looking for new ways to better ourselves, but sometimes that means looking in a totally different place or even a different state. In South Dakota, travel is transformative. It's good for the soul. It's the kind of place to just let go, to escape from routine and predictability of life, to put down the phone and pick up a sense of adventure and to see the world a little bit differently, as in, not through our screen. Life in South Dakota is about unplugging from it all and connecting with the world around you. It's about being open to real surprises and treating your senses to a real, raw, natural beauty that doesn't need a filter. Whether you're exploring the mountains and trees of the Black Hills, hiking through the Badlands, navigating the wild towns, or camping under the stars, South Dakota is the place to get a little lost and find yourself along the way. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at TravelSouthDakota.com. Where my engaged girls, congrats, you're engaged, so am I. Now you may be like me wondering what's next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. Zola has everything you need to plan your wedding in one place, including venue options and all your vendors. Plus, you can get designs, save the dates, and invites, build a free wedding website, create your registry, and stay on track 
and on budget throughout the entire process with their free planning tools. Zola has created everything you need to make the whole process super easy and hopefully actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on the couch. Look, I have just now opened the can of worms of all that is wedding planning, but I'm so thankful for Zola because it can help make wedding planning so much easier for all of us engaged girlies. We need to be having fun. We need to be excited. It doesn't need to be a stressful process. And I feel like Zola can really help us engaged girlies enjoy this time of our life because we are celebrating the love that we have created and this beautiful new chapter in our life. And we do not need to be crying over napkins and invitations. So Zola's got us covered. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. There have been many times in my life where I really thought I could trust my gut, but I definitely shouldn't have. Definitely with a lot of those exes in the past, um, when it comes to that low fuel flashing light on my car, I just always think that it's not really serious. Trust me, it is. I've been on the side of the road way too many times. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. Ritual has made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. All in one minty capsule and no refrigeration needed. I love my Symbiotic Plus. I take it every day. It is, it's great because it's got all the biotics in it um, for my probiotic. I feel like it's just really helping my gut in all the ways. And actually, Ritual even invested in a study modeling the human colon, which showed that Symbiotic Plus significantly increased the microbial diversity and the growth of beneficial bacteria. We love that. We love when the thing's actually doing the work that we need it to for our gut. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash Hannah B. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash Hannah B for 25% off. What have you seen by being able to watch so closely these relationships makes for a successful relationship in Bachelor in Paradise? Like, is there a way that people do it that you're like, okay, how a relationship starts that you're like, okay, I think that that they're, they're doing this right and pursuing this correctly here. Mm. Every relationship is unique. You know, it's a, it's a snowflake. Um, they're all different. I think that the ones that have been really successful, um, they've seen like eye to eye on like some big core issues of their lives, whether it's faith or, you know, even locale of like where the where people can live. Um, and then, you know, obviously like sexual attraction as well. Mm-hmm. But like, I think a lot of it has to come, it comes down to maturity and like Joe and Serena is a very good example. Like I love them dearly. Um, Joe, is is like in his thirties, right? Like he is an older guy. He is mature. He's had a career. Um, he's also like kind of been through the Bachelor in Paradise thing, saw the pitfalls. Now Serena's a lot younger, but she is the most mature woman I think I've ever met. Um, and she's Canadian, so she's like super nice and lovely. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it has to has to come down to maturity, and I think maturity comes comes out in like a lot of different ways. But I think 
like emotional maturity is a very, very important thing um, to know and have. And I, and I think like going back to what you were talking about earlier of dating multiple people and then being cool with it and all that kind of stuff. The other thing that you have to take in consideration, especially when you're the bachelor or the bachelorette and even in paradise, which is something that, that I was talking about earlier about like knowing thyself. Um, sometimes you can go on dates with people and they're showing you something that isn't real. They're doing that thing of like, yeah, this is what I think you want and I'm going to do that because I just want to like get a rose or I want to get another date or I want to get laid or whatever the thing is. Um, and I think that when you become super uh, emotionally intelligent with what you want, one, you're not doing that. Like that's just not, you're not, you're kind of done playing those games. Yeah. And two, I think you can see it pretty easily. Yes. And unfortunately for you, I think you were so you were so young when you went on the Bachelorette that it was probably harder for you to see than for like someone like, like me who was like in their thirties and was like, "You're full of shit." Uh, yeah, I can see that, you know, <laughs> for sure. But if you look at it like, you know, um, Jade and Tanner, like Tanner, they they were both old souls. Mm -hmm. Joe and Serena are old souls. You know, it took you know Ashley and Jared a long time, but they were in their third. Like, you can see there is a pattern of like. When they get a little bit older, they know what they need and they know what they want. It becomes a lot easier than like. One thousand percent. I always, I've been, I feel like I've matured a lot in the past. I'm, I just turned 29 and I'm like, if I was the bachelor at 29, I would have done it so much differently. I, well, I don't know if the end result would be any different. I think I, yeah. I, I don't think my guy was there. And I knew that immediately. I said that the first day. But when you're younger, I think you're just more naive. And I hadn't had as much dating experience. I mean, I think I'd only kissed, even when I first went on the show, I'd only like kissed four guys yeah. ever. And then th the first week I'd kissed 12 or something crazy, you know. It's just so naive, not... Um, I thought I, you, know, you went to Ole Miss, you know, you know how us Southern girls are. We think we're going to get married at like 20 and have a baby, yeah, yeah. two babies by 23 and which is fine and work has worked. But, you know, I was just so it's to handle that type of dating experience, pressure, conversations. Um, I do think you're right. There's a maturity that has to be there for that format to really play out and be successful in your life or you just got a lot of learning and growing to do with that person that you find there um yeah really young my but, my mother-in-law says this a lot and uh i kind of agree with it because it, it was right for both sarah and i she said she always says that it's your third true love that is as the is the one that like lasts mm, and yeah when you think about that, you're like, yeah, you're, you need to, you need to have like, you, you, you know, the first love of your life and it's, you know, young and messy and whatever, you know, and it doesn't work. Then you have one where you're like a little bit more mature, but like, you're not at the exact same level of like making that next step or whatever. And it's the third one where you like have completely evolved and you've like turned into this different person after experiencing love with these two different people. 
and knowing what it is that you want and what you don't want. And and my mother-in-law talks about that. And it's so right. Like with both Sarah and I, that's we were true like, for me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird. That's and great. also like, you know, the, the thing of threes, you know, like, yeah, it, it, when I heard that, I was like, that's a smart thing. I, I would give that advice to my kids of like, you think that this is like the person for your, for your forever person. And maybe it is, but like, I think that you've got a lot more living to do and just keep that in mind, you know? No, I, I totally agree. And I think you have to experience that heartbreak once or yeah. twice too. I, I think that that, those moments of hardship of losing something you thought would be like last, but realize that it, it just, there were some serious places where maybe you just, you, you aren't aligned and having that also, that's also heartbreaking when like you love somebody so much, but you're just like not at the same place. I think that is, those are the moments where you really learn a lot about yourself and actually become the person that is ready for love and a long lasting relationship. And so I think for a lot of people, maybe me too, had to like experience some of that yeah. on the show and that's just their part of their story. And they're not the ones that get engaged at the end or yeah. they do. Doesn't well, I think ask. it's important. I think it's important to get dumped and like and be yes. heartbroken, but I also yeah. think it's, it's important to do the other thing of like, have to do the dumping and like, and like knowing that you're, you're ripping someone's heart out and, mm -hmm. and then, and then having to have empathy for that situation, but knowing it's not right for you and having to put yourself first too. Like, I think both of those things are good life lessons. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why, you know, a lot of people will be like, Oh my gosh, it's, and I feel like maybe you would agree with this. People will shit on bachelor, bachelorette, bachelor in paradise, those type of shows and dating experience being like, Oh, it's not real. Or can you really fall in love at this, this quick amount of time? And, you know, for some people, no, some people, yes, but I do think you learn, you live so much life in that month or three months or just that experience where you're having to make pretty big life decisions and evaluations. And especially when you're having to talk about how everything makes you feel, how that really, if you allow it, it makes you just more emotionally intelligent and mm -hmm. sure of yourself. So I think it's when people ask me about the experience, I'm like, have these things in line, but it was really power. It was, it was really great for me, not just career wise and obviously having support from so many people, but just understanding myself more. And it was freaking fun. Yeah. There was parts of it that were really fun. The, the, uh, thing that, the thing that when I get that question a lot too, and my answer usually is you have no idea how many things are distracting you in your regular life until yeah. you go on a show where they take away all your distractions. You know, like you don't have a phone, you don't have TV. I snuck a book in and I remember them being like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Like when you are only able to focus on one thing, which is a relationship with somebody. And listen, the, I went on the bachelorette. So like this is, that's a different situation. But in paradise, like you are stuck on that beach with that person, you can do six months of dating conversations in about a week mm -hmm. because you have nothing else to do. You learn so much about people so quickly when all your distractions are ripped away from you. And that's why I think 
it does, it can and does work a lot is because you can make up a lot of time when you're not worried about what's on CNN and like the latest TikTok trend. Like, yeah, it's insane. Honestly, it's my favorite place to be. I would, I love when I've done different shows, been on these shows and they take away my phone. I'm like, perfect. Cause yeah. I feel like I can just be more present. And, um, I, for me, every time I've just learned a lot about myself and other people, but I just, I have severe ADHD. So I'm like, yeah, any way that I don't have to t- communicate with anybody that's not right in front of me, let's, let's do that. Yeah. But, um, I wanted to go into talk a little bit about your relationship and how you okay. and Sarah met. Was this, where were you in life? Were you already the bartender on Bachelor in Paradise? Where was your career? Where were you in your relationships? Okay, so this is how it happened. Um, I was on The Bachelorette. I was doing Men Tell All, right? And mm-hmm. I had... So we we had a, a villain named Chad, and I I think I got sick of talking about him, and I was like, "Can we like he who shall not be named? Like this is Voldemort. Let's stop talking about like saying his mm-hmm. name." I said that, so I like made a Harry Potter reference, right? And then I um, one of the things that I was concerned about that I vocalized on the Mentel All because Chad had uh, recently lost his mother, and uh, I knew that he was in a tough place and I had em- uh, a lot of empathy for him in that situation. And one of my concerns was, is that we were, um, we were piggying him. So that was a reference to the Lord of the flies. <laughs> so I made re- like literary references and Sarah Highland, uh, tweets out something that's still, it was still a good joke. Like I still enjoy it. She was like, who is this Wells guy? I didn't know people from the bachelor could read. And I loved that. I was like, yeah, that's a good, that's a funny joke. So that was like my first interaction with her like on Twitter. And I think I even responded with like, good bit. Like I, I enjoy that. Um, and then I become the bartender and she tweets out, oh my God, Wells is the bartender on Paradise. This is going to be the best season ever. And then I respond to that being like, looking for a bar back, um, but need references, please have Phil Dumphy send references or something like that. Like I made some modern family reference or something like that. Um, and then, so then I was like, I think the, I think the chick from modern family is like into it. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you been tweeting to me. So I, I DM'd her and we started talking like a lot and it was a lot of DMs and like text messaging and stuff. And of course I was living in Nashville. She was in LA. And we did this for like three or four weeks. And I was like, I think that, I think this girl like is into it. And I was telling my sister and my sister who like gets people magazine and everything. she was like, dude, she's dating this guy. Like you're, and I didn't know, I couldn't even think to Google it or whatever. And she was like, you're dating this guy. You're way off on this. So then I was like, oh, I, I misread this, you know, like I'm a novelty to her. Okay. Um, and I don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to be the guy that's like talking to someone else's girlfriend. Like that's not my shtick. So I stopped talking to her, like ghosted her. And I think that she was a little confused by this. Um, but I thought I was doing the right thing. Like I thought I was being a chivalrous person. 
So come to find out that in Hollywood, sometimes <laughs> people and you don't tell anyone for like months on end, you know, like you, you really take a while to like let that yeah. out to the papers. I did not know this. So she was single that entire time and she was like, this asshole, who does he think he is? <laughs> Breaking, like ghosting me? Um, and so I stopped talking to her and then um, I think I went on another season of, no, it might've been, I don't know. I can't even remember now. I've done so many of these seasons. I think I did another season. Then she tweeted out again about me. And then we started talking again. And then we started FaceTiming. And then I started flying out to LA to do a lot of press and do radio things as well. Um, especially like post, like what I'm doing right now, like post paradise stuff. So I started coming out here more. My contract was ending with iHeart and I was like, I'm going to go to LA now and see what uh, is going to happen going forward. And so, so yeah, that's kind of how it went down. Um, I have a funny story about our first date that I've told a lot, but maybe your listeners haven't heard it. So she's a two-time transplant, a kidney transplant recipient, right? Mm -hmm. so I met her while she was in rejection one kidney was failing and she was of need of another one. And um, she knew she was about to go get her second kidney transplant. And we hadn't met in person. And so she called me up and she was like, hey, man. And she like, didn't tell me about this stuff. I didn't really know about her health issues at the time. But she was like, hey, man, if, if we're going to meet, it kind of needs to be like next week. And I so I didn't, it's just such a guy. Like I'm like, Okay, well, I don't have a I don't have a trip planned, and but I said this thing, and which I live by this, and this is such a pompous thing to say, but I was like, the universe always works out for me. Don't worry, like if I'll be there, <laughs> like I'll figure it out. And like a couple days later, because um, I did used to do a lot of work with like getting dogs adopted in Nashville, so I was like a big like like person like getting dogs adopted in Nashville. A lot of people knew this at the time. I still do that, but like it was a big thing. So um, this dog charity um, called me and they were like, we need you to present at this dog award show uh, for like, it's like, it's like wounded veteran dogs effectively. And I was like, hell yeah. And so they were like, we'll fly you out. We'll put you up in the Beverly Hilton or whatever. Um, and I'm like, great. So I call her up and I'm like, told you gonna be there <laughs> next week and now hearing the story back sarah says oh my god it was so romantic like he had his people figure out a way to like get him out there which is so i was like i still don't have people like i don't have people <laughs> like someone just called me and i was like hell yeah i'll go do that although i'm not there yet myself i know a lot of you listening have children and want to set up your child for success so IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have had IXL when I I was going through school because I really needed that extra help just to like get things implemented into my brain so that I could really know what I was learning and not just be like 
I don't know, I had a good memory, but I don't think I actually learned something, but that's really through repetition. And I feel like IXL is wonderful for that. I think this is such a wonderful product for anybody who's like just struggling with a topic or just trying to get ahead, study for a test. It really can help in so many ways. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Hannah B. Visit IXL.com slash Hannah B to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your own power, and build towards summer you. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's classes to get your body moving. Peloton has a range of class types to fit for every goal and mood. If you can't run, take a walking class, need some grounding, try yoga. If you want to level up, go to the Pilates or hit workouts. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I love Peloton. I feel like Peloton was what really helped me stay consistent um, with moving my body the past few years when sometimes... Um, whether it was a pandemic or an injury or health stuff going on that sometimes would limit the way that I would normally like routinely work out, that I was moving my body a little bit every day and also diversifying depending on what my needs were at the time. There was a lot of time where I couldn't have this super high intensity workout and just needed some help of how can I move my body with what I have right now? Maybe the limitations I have. I feel like Peloton just has something for everyone um, at any level and at any time and season in your life. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Did you feel like obviously Sarah is super, super successful? And like going to this party, did you feel or have you ever felt kind of insecure or intimidated by her success and just like her bubble of yeah. what she's I know in? What I know what you're asking. Um, yeah. And I'll, and I'll, I will, I could be the next Ryan Seacrest and never make as much money as my wife. Like I've I mean, come well, to terms with that. That's just a different that. like level yes. of success and what we at society view as six, like being an actress at the level yeah. that she is, I feel like that would intimidate anybody sometimes. I um, am very attracted to very strong and powerful women. I think that's sexy to me. Yeah. Um, when it comes to her, she's very good at her job. I totally get it. Like she should have all this success and all this fame and all this money. Um, and also that show is so freaking good and she was so good on it and everything that she's done since then. Um, I think that we do a thing in our society, which I wish people could, uh, could deprogram themselves is success in terms of like financial success is Mm -hmm. not really success. Yeah. Um, real success is being proud of the work that you've done. And so, I can be like really, really confident in like the stuff that I've done. 
and and feel very very successful and very proud of myself um as i'm sitting alongside you know like a two-time sag award winner and you know like i i yeah and and maybe that's delusion on my part but i have no problem with it and also when you become married you really need to be the the other person's biggest cheerleader like you're on it you're on the same team at this point so like being jealous or resentful of someone else's success is makes no sense it doesn't help either of you guys and um it doesn't help curate more success going forward you know mm -hmm. so i'm very comfortable with it i think it's she's a fucking badass and that's why i married her you know like yeah. that's why I, one of the things i love about her so much you know yeah how do you because y'all both have your own like career big careers public personas and goals that you're going after um but as being in the entertainment industry like it's just it's its own different beast so how do you to support each other um, with the schedules that you have, with the different goals that you have, what type of, you know, rules or things you put in, in place so that you can actually be each other's biggest supporters? It's been tough. Like this, this last year of ours was actually tough because she did like three months in Berlin doing bumper in Berlin. And then like I filmed best in dough for like three weeks where I was just kind of like gone. And then she went and filmed love Island. Then I went and filmed paradise. So like it was a lot of ships passing in the night. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we are very good about, we, we FaceTime each other every night when we're not around, but our rule really has been is, you know, like while the sun is shining, like, you know, uh, make hay or whatever, whatever that, that cliche is like, work always comes first with us like mm -hmm. and and everyone and we're always as, as as supportive as as we can be with someone else's like schedule and work um obviously like i think when we have kids and everything that'll change a little yeah. bit but we need to be everyone's biggest um cheerleader and we got lucky in terms of like things were were scattered or like it was like her thing, then my thing, her thing, then my thing. And then, so then it was, you can write into your contracts. My spouse has to come and you have to pay for the plane ticket. So like yes. we were going and visiting each other um, and and still being there with one another and still like supporting their career and stuff. Um, but obviously everything is a balance. And yeah, like the, I mean, I love my wife because she's beautiful. I love her because she's fun and funny and, um, you know, successful and uh all that stuff but i also like love her drive like i yeah i appreciate that that's that's sexy to me you know mm -hmm. so yeah um last question about your relationship but like what you've been married now for how many years only a little over one year but we were supposed okay. to be married in 2020 but then the pandemic so we effectively have been married for three years but only yeah. one by the state. What has been the biggest lesson, life lesson that marriage has taught you so far? That's a good question. I, I, going back to that thing that I learned in paradise of figuring out what your partner needs from you when you're listening to their problems. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a very, very, very important thing. Um, 
because we and and we also and also like vocalizing that that's what you need because I'm that way too like I'm like Sarah I don't need you to fix this problem I need you to like be angry with me or whatever yeah I think that is spot on just from my relationship now it's yeah I'm just engaged now but I am learning that that communication and being able to listen is so so important yeah Um, and while like and also in engagement is a really important time for you leading up to the wedding and everything and and yeah take your time to really really get to know one another and like because you're about to go do this thing that's it's the rest of your life you know like mm-hmm. you make a commitment in front of you know everyone that you love and god and um engagement's really fun and um you get to experience a lot of the other person and a lot of other places but it's also an opportunity to really really learn who this person is the other thing that i would say that sarah and i do really really well especially because we travel so much uh we write each other cards and we hide them so like if i'm leaving i'll hide it like somewhere that i know she'll find like a day or two and same with like in the luggage or whatnot and um I think that like it's those like little things that you can constantly do to like remind the person of how important they are to you mm-hmm. goes a long way. And we get so caught up in the bullshit of life and uh, schedules and, you know, deadlines and all this stuff. And um, it's like taking time to to sit down and like show someone that you really care uh, really goes a long way. I think so, too. Yeah. We have a little whiteboard and Adam will leave yeah. me just like random notes with the to-dos and I try to do that back. He's a, he's much better about that than I am, but I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. There's still a lot more this season in paradise. It was so fun to be able to go in, by the way. I Which, by the why- way, you came in like Jesus coming, second coming. Like everyone was like, <gasps> It was the nice And a brown thing. is here. I was like, people are making this is like i need to just come every season now to just get like my boost of confidence people were so sweet so fun i'm really excited for the rest of the season um and this group what can we expect moving forward um in some of these relationships yeah i mean i think all the things that we assume um will happen in paradise will happen happens in paradise <laughs> like there are crazy love triangles there are um a lot of tears a lot of heartbreak but then there's also like a lot of love and um really really amazing meaningful relationships and there's even a wedding at the end which is kind of new for us which is I'm fun. freaking out about this yeah. so it's it's that like somebody that's on the show right now is going to get married. There is a wedding at the end of this okay. uh, whole thing. And uh, it's really beautiful. And it was very hot when we did it. And Jesse was sweating way too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy would just look like he was like being like uh, interrogated for like a murder or something. Um, but every, we were all sweating like crazy. Um, but yeah. And, and, the, and we also, do it. I do a different thing this year where I think we have a lot of kids um, on the beach that are really scared to open up, um, and so I do this this thing called the the Paradise Truth Box where people mm-hmm. can like um, say how they feel or say um, what they think about things uh, with total an- anonymity, which is helpful for a lot of relationships, and then also 
not so helpful for relationships, but maybe in the long run was the best thing that those people could have heard. So that's going to be a really fun wrinkle that happens later on in the season. So yeah, I think um, I think it's a it's a really good uh, season of paradise, and I think everyone's going to be very uh, very happy at the ending. And I'm just rooting for um, a golden bachelor in paradise. Uh, that's that's oh, my hope. My gosh. Wells, I feel like you can make this happen. Yeah, I wanted to. I was telling other people I want it to happen in Florida, like at like Del Boca Vista. Yes. Like I, everyone has to ride around in golf carts. Uh, there's like dates at the shuffleboard court, like a bingo two on one. Like it's just it just uh, screams. It needs hilarity. Ha- yes, I think that needs to happen. I'm really excited about the truth box because I think honesty in a relationship is the most important, and that you are like sometimes that's hard for people to even just like know how to open up so that you're like for better or for worse, but mostly it's all going to be for the best at the end. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see how that plays out. And it's fun to always just get a little bit more drama any way you can. Wells, it was a pleasure to have you on today. Um, I am just so excited for what's to come for you. What's to come on paradise. Well, I appreciate it. It's good talking with you. Um, big fan of yours and, um, Thank you so much for having me on and make sure you go to uh, Mitchell's Deli on the east side and get yourself a turkey bacon avocado. It'll change your life. Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Better Tomorrow is produced by me, Hannah Brown and Legos Creative. Our producer is Andrew Stalmer. Our show is recorded, engineered and edited by the Legos Creative team. Remember to follow Better Tomorrow wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps and shows your support. You can follow me on socials at Hannah Brown and you can stay updated on all things Better Tomorrow on our Instagram at Better Tomorrow and our TikTok Better Tomorrow podcast. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food and Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have been in a really awesome season, but also a season that has been pretty stressful. There's been a lot going on. Um, I can see where some of those things that really keep me grounded, um, I have not been able to make time for and not know how to do that. And so it's been weighing on me a little bit. And look, we all carry around different stressors that can be big or small, but 
when we keep them bottled up and don't talk about like what's going on in our life, it can really affect us negatively. So therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest to really talk about what you're going through and figure out a way to work through whatever that is that's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if like, you're just not feeling that connected with somebody. You can always try it again. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash tomorrow today to get 10% off your first order. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash tomorrow.